Here at Miss Teacher Mom, we recognize the great privilege and responsibility that we have as parents to educate our children. Beyond math and phonics, this also includes building their characters, molding their hearts, and reaching their souls. A burden too big to carry on our own. We sense the call to missional motherhood, but we could use some help from those who have more experience and wisdom than us. So we're calling upon some wonderful godly women and men to encourage and equip us as we seek to raise our kids with eternity in mind. This week, we have the sweet pleasure of chatting with Mrs. Moeller. Mrs. Mary Moeller is married to Dr. Al Moeller, who is the president of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and I'm so thankful that even amidst her super busy schedule, she's been willing to give me time to chat with you today about raising children to have hearts of gratitude. Mrs. Moeller and Dr. Moeller have been married for 37 years. They have two children and two grandkids with one on the way. I know you'll be blessed by this week's podcast, and feel free to share it with your friends and your husband. Today we're chatting about your book, Growing in Gratitude, and I'm thankful you've agreed to talk to me about this matter because I really think our moms could use some help. Well, I'm delighted to be with you, Caitlin, and I'm always happy to talk about this topic of gratitude. It's become near and dear to me. Good, yes. I was so helped by your book, and I know that Thanksgiving is coming up, but this is not the premise of your book, nor is it the purpose of this episode. There's so much more at stake here than coming up with a thankfulness craft for the holidays. Absolutely true. And I mean, we can see it all over the place. The marketers are good with this to get your, you know, your napkins that have gratitude and I'm thankful and be grateful and all of that. And then people put them away and get out the Christmas stuff. And that's not at all, not at all what the Bible teaches about gratitude. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm hoping we can go there today. So we can definitely open it up with um, a question I had regarding your book. Uh, Before reading your book, I had never clearly heard of the two types of gratitude that you talk about, but their categories have been really helpful for me to process. Is there any way you can explain natural gratitude and gracious gratitude to our listeners? Sure, I'm glad to do that. And I had never heard of it either until I started doing doing some research and preparing to write the book. And I was just so blessed by the work of of the great Puritan Jonathan Edwards, who, who's the first that I know of to identify these two different levels of gratitude that others have commented on since his time. But the first one is just what comes to mind as natural gratitude, and that's just thankfulness to God for the blessings that we receive. So it's kind of that thank, you know, count your many blessings list type of gratitude. But he said there's a second level that he called gracious gratitude, and that's thankfulness for God himself for who he is. And so it's just a completely different thing. So the gracious gratitude is, is primary. It's deeper. It's, it's relational to the Lord. It's not conditional. It's about thanking God for his character. So, so we're right to show gratitude to the Lord when we enumerate our blessings that, that we are given that they're undeserved and we, that we appreciate. So that's that natural gratitude. And that, that too is biblical, but we don't just do that. We, we want to have this natural gratitude in, in, in the background, but in the foreground should be this gracious gratitude. And I like what John Piper said about it. He said, God is not glorified if the foundation of our gratitude is the worth of the gift and not the excellency of the giver. So that just started me thinking in a whole new way about this. And, and the example I came up with was sort of like that fiance that goes and buys the ring and he's, you know, very much fretting about getting the ring that he thinks this woman of his dreams that the Lord has given to him will, will love. She's going to have it forever and all of that. So he presents it to her. He's very nervous. Well, she sees the ring and she's just elated. 
and she can't stop looking at it. She can't stop talking about it. And he's glad, he's relieved. But then he's ready to hear from her how he's just poured his heart out to her about who she is and how grateful he is for the gift that she is. And she just never gets past the ring. He'd be a fool to marry that woman. And you think, well, that's a silly, silly way to illustrate who would ever do that. Well, that's somewhat what we do when all we praise the Lord for are things, important things, silly things, all kinds of things, even our salvation itself. But we never get to who he is and how if all those things went away, he'd still be God and we would still be in awe of him. So this just transformed my prayer life. So now when I praise the Lord daily as a part of, of, of prayer, which is so important as a component in prayer, I just completely vaulted to the top of the list, this whole section on the attributes of God. And I first want to praise him with gracious gratitude for who he is, for his, his, his immutability, his, his self-existence. I mean, you can just, you can just choose to, to land on one of those at any particular day and dwell there, but also for the, just for the things that he is that I can be. I can be wise and kind and loving, but he always is. So I, I spend significant time praising him for who he is before I move on to thanking him for what he's done. And it's just really been helpful for me. Yeah, and I, I think it's so important for us to really understand this concept of gratitude for the sake of suffering as well. I thought your example is really helpful, and I also think of flipping that illustration on its head and thinking, if we're only thankful to God for his gifts, how will we suffer well? How will we suffer well when he gives any takes away, or our expectations aren't met, or we are met with extreme suffering? And I think the only way we get through that is if we're thankful to God for who he is primarily and not only what he gives us. That's so true. And that won't ever change. The things at the top of that list are never going to change because of who he is and his immutability. The things at the bottom, you know, our list of things to which we are thankful. And, and I talk in the book about some things that we're going to have to deal with. It's not if, but when, but thorns that we we aren't thankful for the thorn, but we realize that because of this thorn, I'm learning lessons that I would not have learned otherwise. But you're right. The basis of it goes to the top of that list, doesn't change. And that's where we dwell. Yeah, exactly. So I really do want to encourage moms to think about that, to think about if we really have a habit in our lives and our hearts to thank the Lord for who he is, because he is the only one that never changes. That is the same today, yesterday, and forever. So I really think our hearts need to be anchored in gratitude for who he is, even though, like you said, it's good to thank him for his gifts as well. Right. In your book, you include several passages that clearly portray God's expectation that we be a grateful people, which was a bit surprising to me because it's not talked about much in our Christian culture aside from the typical count your blessings mantra. Why should we look different than the world in this regard? Yeah, well, simply but profoundly, it's because we are so different. I mean, we look at Ephesians 2 and many other places, but I love Ephesians 2 where it talks about this sharp contrast. We were dead in our trespasses and sins unable to save ourselves, but God, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love that he had for us has saved us by, by, by grace alone. And so that's why we're different. So all through scripture, not just in the Psalms, but in the New Testament as well, once, you, once your radar is up a little bit more about gratitude, you're going to see this command come up over and over again. We also see the roots of ingratitude and how, how 
you know, the consequences that are devastating from that going way back to the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve simply were not grateful for what they had and wanted more. It was that discontent that led to the fall. But then in Romans 1, just the sobering, one of the most tragic passages where you read about how even though they knew God, God gave them over because they didn't honor him and they didn't thank him. So he gave them over, which is just, again, a horrible thought. But one of my favorite passages in, in, in encouragement for gratitude is one of those great conclusions that Paul comes to. So it's in Colossians 2, and I actually signed my book putting this passage there. One of his great therefore statements, therefore, it's in verse 6 and 7, as you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And the Greek scholars are very helpful here, Caitlin, because they tell us, I mean, that's a pretty clear clear two verses to me, but the abounding, the root for that, uh, it, has, it connotes the whole idea of, of just overflowing. And so I've heard it put this way, that when you bump into us, you know, if we're abounding with thanksgiving, when you bump into us, like gratitude is what should spill out of us, like an overflowing fountain. So that can be very convicting for most of us on most days, but that's that's the command and that's what we're, seek, we're supposed to be seeking to be. Yeah, I, I found that illustration helpful in your book, helpful in that way. I wonder how many of us could evaluate our hearts and our lives and ask ourselves, do we reflect the gratitude of God, the natural and gracious gratitude? Does it spill out of our hearts? Do people know us as being people who are grateful, who are sincerely and genuinely grateful to be alive, grateful for who God is, grateful for all that he's done and what he gives, or if we're more marked by this distasteful murmuring and complaining and grumbling that characterizes the world, um, there should be a difference. There absolutely should. It's a mark of of a believer. Uh, And we know, I mean, we both know some people whose lives have been just marked with so much suffering to where we dare look at them and say, oh, I could never deal with what they're dealing with. And, you know, we should be aware to never say that because none of us knows what's around the bend. But some of those people are the most grateful people we know because of their heart attitude, because of their adherence to this biblical truth that they trust the Lord in all things. They hold all things loosely, but they trust the Lord no matter what happens. And and they're a strong encouragement to us. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we could end the podcast here with conviction and encouragement, but I am compelled to graft our children into this conversation because this podcast aims to encourage and equip us to raise our kids with eternity in mind. And that does mean we reflect on ourselves first. Um, But you rightfully discuss in your book that adolescents tend to deal with a sense of entitlement and self-absorption. And I would add that some young children do as well. How can we as moms cultivate hearts of gratitude in our children? Yeah, I agree with you that we see it in some of the younger kids too, but it comes into full maturity when uh, when those hormones start coursing through the veins and all kinds of things start changing in adolescence. But this is this is just another sober reminder to moms of young youngsters of littles that that this is just another part of your job because it seems that these children are so easily pleased at at a younger age. So they're not so worried about what somebody else has down the street or whatever. And so the tweet I saw once that just made me smile was simply this. It said a five-year-old is just a crazy straw and some chocolate milk away from the best day ever. (laughs) Like if you don't know what a crazy straw is, that dates me a little bit, but all it is is a piece of plastic that's twirled around a whole lot. And my little five-year-old grandson loves it. 
and I mean, just the glee and the, you know, just the delight of giving a five-year-old something like that, like this is the best day ever. Mm -hmm. Fast forward a few years. And if you are not cultivating a spirit of gratitude and you're not modeling it for those children, then they are the ones who are going to grow up with that horrible entitlement mentality that we see in teenagers. And we see it in, in a lot of adults as well. So my first admonition would be to make sure that you are modeling this. These kids are smart. They are watching us more carefully than, than we would know. If you don't believe that, just put, put your kids in a play kitchen and just watch what they say to each other. It's, it's amazing. And you think, where did they hear that? Where, that tone of voice or that, you know, and, and it's just very convicting that they are, they're watching you. Okay. They're, they're hearing these attitudes. So if they hear you say thank you when, when you're given things, if they, if they, you know, see that coming out through just the warp and wolf of your life, that's going to be very, very helpful to them. Also, are, I mean, do they see a complaining attitude in you? Do they see that you're always wishing you had what somebody else had, even though you would not purposefully say that to them, they're observing that. So, so be careful about that. Help them to know that every gift they have comes from the Lord. So we, we clearly believe that, but we need to teach that. We need to be grateful for gifts that were given, small and large. I know some families that have like a um, and some people think thank you notes are passe, but I'm not in that camp. And I think it's important to model that early too, that you can just even sit down with the kids around the table and make it fun and have some fun markers and stickers and play some good music and have some snacks when you're done. And you're writing some notes. This could be like post Christmas or post birthday, whatever. And, uh, and they're learning those lessons early on, not just the courtesy of writing someone and encouraging them with hospitality and writing is what that is but also just getting the habit that this is, this is because I truly am thankful and I want this person to know that I appreciate what they've done. And then of course we make this a matter of, of, of a biblical truth as well, that we are ultimately grateful to the Lord who gives us everything we have. Yeah. I think those pieces of advice are so helpful. I'm excited to help my daughter start writing those thank you cards or even drawing pictures and I can write a note at the end. Right. Yes. Another thing I thought of that we could do as moms is when we're praying with our children, which we're hopefully doing regularly, we can thank God for his attributes as well. Or when we're going for a walk, we can share about God's attributes and trying to raise them with that understanding of natural gratitude and gracious gratitude, I think will be important in their development and spiritual growth too. As we come to a close, I'd love to know if you have any other words of encouragement for moms seeking to raise our kids with eternity in mind. I sure do. I'm just always glad to have an opportunity to speak to, to young moms, you homeschooling moms, stay at home moms. I want you to just know how vital your role is. And, and I know that the, the voices out there in the world would try to tell you anything else, but just don't listen to them. Uh, you're probably tired of hearing over and over again, how short these years are because on a daily basis, especially in certain stages, they don't seem short, but it really is the truth. It really does pass by quickly. These years are so vital. And now as a grandmother, uh, you know, I'm watching my daughter and her son, uh, her husband raised two sons and a, and a little third child on the way. And it's just, it, it's a different world than it was even when they were growing up. And so your role is just so critical. So I encourage you in this, it's a marathon. Um, and so you just get, you get up every day. You know you're going to make mistakes today, but tomorrow you get up and you are going to be armed again with God's word for both instruction and encouragement, and you're going to press on. You're going to seek to be the best mom that you can be every single day, and you'll trust the Lord for the results of that in the big things and in the small things. 
you just trust that the Lord is at work and that he has put you in this particular time and place situation. He's given you these particular children. There's no accidents here. He's given you these children to raise to his glory. And that's a huge responsibility. I would also say that, you know, you're a mom, but you've not just been elected to the Supreme Court as a Supreme Court justice and a mom. And we rejoice with, with Amy Comey Barrett in, in having that distinction. But we're not going to be intimidated by that as well either. We're not called to her life. She's not called to our lives. And so I just, I want to just point you back to scripture and especially like 1 Corinthians 7, uh, verse 17, that talks about just leading the life the Lord has assigned to you, the life to which you have been called. And he is doing so many things that we won't see or understand this side of heaven. So keep up the good work. Don't be discouraged. You have a tremendous job and a tremendous role. And I applaud you in it. God bless all of you. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you. Do you know any kiddos who are homeschooled? With Christmas around the corner, my homeschool books could be a perfect gift for kiddos who want to see themselves represented in children's literature. You can find Miss Teacher Mom, My Schoolhouse Rocks, and I'm learning everywhere on Amazon. And be sure to join us next week for the Miss Teacher Mom podcast.